title of my message today is called, What is Your Kryptonite? What is your kryptonite? I'm going to start in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8. It says, Be of sober spirit, be on the alert, your adversary, your enemy, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Did you know that you are someone? John 10.10, Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and to kill and to destroy. I came here today to tell you that you have an enemy. You have an adversary. His name is Satan, the devil. The Bible clearly tells us that he has a plan of attack. And although sometimes it's easy to see the devil's attack on mankind in general, we can look and we can say, well, he, morals are going down and people aren't going to church anymore and people are more secular. We can look around and see that the general attack of the enemy seems to be pretty clear to us. It's kind of right in front of our face. But he has an attack that's on you personally, and that's not always easy to see. That's right. The devil is coming after you, and I want to help you today learn how to fight off that attack and how to win those battles in your life. And this is essential. It's not always easy to see his strategies and his, his tactics and the things that he's doing in your own personal life. You know, we are able oftentimes to look at other people and clearly see what their struggles are and how the enemy's attacking them. But when we look in our own mirror, it seems like everything is a little fuzzy and we can't really tell what's going on in our own personal lives. Do you hear me today? You know, for a long time, we've been talking about you being a missionary in your world, how that you are sort of a spiritual superhero called by God, anointed by God, given power by God, given authority by God in your circle of influence. The people that you come in contact with are dependent upon you to help be a go-between between them and God. You pray for them. You encourage them. You lift them up. You're an example to them. All the things that we talked about, you are that man or that woman in your sphere of influence and now in the past we realized that you have to accept that you have to embrace that right and you have to own that I don't know about you but in my family in my community in my friends in my sphere of influence in my church I'm that man I am the called of God anointed by God to share the love of Jesus and can I tell you you can be a man or a woman you can be young or old you can be a preacher or not a preacher that's not what matters if you are a child of God you can be that man in your world and I think all of us here at Austin Life Church want to be that person in our world the one that represents God to the people around us and if you are that person, then you are under a personal attack from the enemy. Now, I want this to be clear to you today. I am not interested in studying Satan so much that we know more about him than we do about God. Come on. I think there is sort of a spectrum, you could say, where on one end, there are people who don't think there's a devil at all. Well, the Bible clearly says there is. 
Then there's other people over here, and I've seen some of them. In fact, one lady quit coming to church because I wouldn't acknowledge that every time somebody stubbed their toe, it was the de demonic attack <laughs> of the enemy. You know, you, you just stubbed your toe. It wasn't the devil in your bedroom pushing your foot into the toe, into the bed. You know, uh, not everything, but it's somewhere in the middle that the enemy is attacking us. Demons are going after God's children. It's not just the fallout of a general attack. Like Satan's general attack on mankind, and sometimes I kind of get caught up in the rubble, so to speak, caught up in the middle of it. No, you are personally on a demon's radar. Let me say that again. You are personally on a demon's radar. He's got his red light on you. His crosshairs are on you. He wants to destroy you. Now, why does he want to destroy you? What did you ever do? Well, you're a God's child. You're a God's representative, and he wants to harm you and harm others. While God loves people, Satan hates people. Why God wants to give life, Satan wants to kill and destroy. And, and let me tell you something. Satan would love to dethrone God and knock God off his throne, but he can't do that. He don't have the power to do that. But if he can get you and I hurt, harmed, or destroyed in some way, then he knows he's doing something to, to try to harm God in a way. He also wants to make you ineffective as a missionary. Have you ever noticed that in your ministry that when you have personal problems that overwhelm you, everything just stops, right? I mean, if, if your ministry's going strong and going well, you know how to stop it? Marriage problems. <laughs> Everything's gone, right? You, you, you can't do anything, right? Financial problems, it just stops like dead in your tracks, right? It just kills you, and the devil is trying to stop you from being effective in ministry in this world. So what weapons and tactics does he use? He uses deception, oppression, and possession. Deception is lies. John 8, 44. It says, you are of your father, the devil. He is, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees, and he says, you are your father, of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father, the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Satan's the one who created lies. And I'm going to talk about this more probably next week. But, you know, if you think of truth, what is the reality that we live in? It is what God has spoken to be true. So gravity exists. Two plus two is four. Some things that you and I just can't change, right? And that reality comes from God. Well, what is a lie? A lie is when someone tries to declare something that goes against what God has already said to be the truth. So if you say two plus two equals banana, you're telling a lie. You're not living in the truth. And there are many people who not only believe the lies of the devil, they begin to walk in them. And this leads to oppression. Oppression is when there are lies that go along with circumstances and temptations and pressures that convince you to believe the lie. There are things that the enemy sets up around your life and in your life to try to convince you of the lie. I'm going to get into this more a little later, but let me give you a quick example. Like there's some people who are so afraid of dying, so afraid of death that every time they get a little cough, the first thing the devil says is, you got cancer. You know, oh my God, I might have cancer. Then they go online and they look up symptoms of cancer. And like it says, you have a cough. Oh my God, it must be true. Right? 
And you don't know that it's true, but the devil has put not only a lie in your mind, but he's put little uh, evidences, little circumstances. And he says, you see that? That's proof right there, you see? And then all of a sudden you get into this fear and oppression and you feel like everything is weighing down on you. But Acts 10.38 says this, that you know Jesus of Nazareth, how, he, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Amen. Jesus' business is to deliver us from any type of oppression. So there's deception with his lies. There's oppression, which is lies that come with circumstances. And then there is possession. And this is where someone gets a demon that just literally comes inside their body and takes control of their mind and their body and controls their emotions and all kinds of things. And let me tell you, born-again children of God, you cannot be possessed by the devil. You know why? Because the Holy Spirit lives within you. Come on. Come on. I mean, uh, you can't break into this strong, uh, this house without dealing with the strong man of this house. And the strong man of this house is the Holy Spirit of the living God. And nobody's kicking him out. Right. So you and I don't have to worry about possession, but we can be deceived. We can believe the lies. We can be oppressed by the devil when we believe the lies and we allow that to change the way we think and act and talk. And we start living according to the lie. You know, when you start living according to the lie, it's like doing math with a two plus two equals banana. I mean, like it just leads you down a ridiculously stupid path. Live in the truth, Jesus says. So let's talk a minute about Satan's abilities and demons abilities and limitation. Satan is an angel. He has great powers, but he is not God. Demons are fallen angels. They have great powers, but they are not God. Can I tell you something? The devil can't read your mind. You might think he can, but he can't read your mind. You're not having a conversation with the devil in your mind. Now, he can speak to you to where you hear it in your spirit, so to speak, but he can't understand what you're thinking. But watch this. He can't hear what you say. That's why some of y'all need to shut up more often. Come on. Come on. Well, I just tell it like it is. Well, that's why it is like it is, because you keep declaring it, and the devil goes, oh, you think it's that way. Okay, I heard you, so let's make sure all the circumstances fit the way you say it is. So maybe don't say all the things you think. Maybe say the word of God more often. Come on. He can't read your mind. He can lie to you, though. He can hear your words. He can see your actions. He can read your body language probably better than your wife can. He knows when you're pouting, he can tell. Can I tell you something? He is so in tune with you because he wants to destroy you. Satan is a very clever, evil person whose desire is to destroy you. And he doesn't do it by just barreling through on the inside, right in front of the front doors. No, he cleverly goes around the back and knocks on the door and says, delivery. <laughs> and you open the door and all of a sudden he gets into your life. Satan has a file on you. You ever seen those like James Bond films or something and the bad guy uh, gets a file and he opens it up and he sees various pictures of someone that he's going to kill, right? And he's looking through the file and he learns about where they go and where their weakest point is and, and where they're most vulnerable. Listen, the devil's got a file on you. He knows how you live and he knows the areas of your life that he can get to. 
He knows your habits, your strengths, and your weaknesses. And he doesn't just randomly bombard you. You got me? He cleverly schemes. And listen to this. He doesn't attack your strengths. He attacks your weaknesses. This is where I want to get today. Some Christians continually struggle with the enemy because they do not understand how he schemes. They do not understand or recognize his attacks. And they do not know their own weaknesses. I need to know more about God. You do. You also need to know more about yourself, too. If you don't know where your weak areas are, can I promise you something? The devil does. 2 Corinthians 2.11, so that no advantage would be taken of us by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. You know, the opposite of that is, is to be ignorant of his schemes. But you and I should not be ignorant of the schemes of the devil. Now, you may be aware of how he's attacking the world in general, but are you aware of how he's attacking you? Are you aware of how he's attacking your family? Do you understand and recognize the schemes and the tactics that he's doing right now? Some of them under our noses and we don't even realize because we don't recognize our weakness. We don't understand what he's doing. And I want to help you today learn how to battle the personal attack of the enemy. So what is your kryptonite today? You know what kryptonite is? Anybody raise your hand. Superman is from the planet Krypton. And while he's here on Earth, he has superpowers. If he was to go back to Krypton, which I think it got destroyed or something, I don't remember. Anyway, if he was to go back there, he'd he'd just be a regular guy. And so if you get a piece of Krypton, I think this is how it is, and you put it near him, he begins to lose his power. It can even destroy him, right? And so when I ask you what your kryptonite is, I'm asking you, what is the one thing, the two things, the three things in your life where you are the weakest? Because if you can identify those things, if you can be honest with yourself, then you can understand where the attack of the enemy is coming from. Are you good with money? Like you're really good with money? And, and you pay your bills and you make a good living and you have no problem with money. Can I promise you the devil's probably not coming after your money. He's not going to attack you with financial problems. You know what? If you have, uh, if you're good with money, but you got marriage problems, guess where the devil's coming at you. Can you believe what your wife said to you? Can you believe your husband threw that towel on the floor for the 1500th millionth time? Can you believe What that girl did. Can you believe? And all of a sudden, off you go into, that's it. I'm done with this. I'm going to teach him a lesson. I'm going to teach her a lesson. She might say I'm going to leave him. He might say I'm going to punish her by staying. (laughs) I don't know. That's your personal marriage. Work that out yourself. Let me give you some examples of areas of weakness. Money. Some people have problems with money. They can't get their money straightened out. And, and because of that, the devil always attacks in the area of money. Some people, it is marriage. They always have marriage problems. They always struggle with their marriage. And so the devil always attacks in marriage. To some people, it's laziness. They like to sleep a lot and do nothing. So the devil's constantly telling you, you need to rest. You slept nine hours. You got up for two, and the devil says you need a nap. Oh, dear Lord, something's wrong with me. I think you need a nap. Yeah, you know what it is? You sleep too much, and you need to do the work of the Lord, right? He didn't say go into your living room and lay on the couch. He said go into all the world and preach the gospel. An example of weakness is lust. Come on. 
If you got a wondering eye, guess what the devil will walk in front of you? Every billboard of every naked woman that there is, right? You'll see it everywhere. You can't open a magazine without seeing something in there that you shouldn't be looking at. Another weakness is people pleasers. If you spend your life worried about everybody else thinks. And so you spend your money trying to make other people happy. And you spend your time trying to make other people happy. Come on, envy. You can't stop looking at everyone else. Have you ever noticed that when one person at church gets a new car, someone else has got to follow suit? <laughs> I mean, it's just natural in a way. Like you get you a nice new car. Like my car is at the end of its note, and it is on its last leg. I mean, you'll start it and smoke come out the back, and now it's got scratches and dents in it. And now the, the back, when you lift it up to unload stuff, if it's too cold, it won't stay up. So now it just comes down and bangs you on your head and stuff like that. And like, and you get, you drive up in your nice new car and I'm thinking, I'd like to have me a nice new car. But you know, if you're not careful, that'll control your life. You'll start spending money you don't have doing things you shouldn't be doing because you have envy. Another example of areas of weakness is self-image. Our self-image is off. Some people have a self-image where they're arrogant. They think everything is about them. And the world should revolve around them and they should get everything they want. And if anything pleases them, it must be the right thing. Because after all, life exists to please me and make me happy. The other side of that is people who have low self-esteem and they just don't feel good about themselves. And so they're constantly putting themselves down and constantly afraid to step, step out and take risks. And constantly uh, doing less than they could or they should because they don't feel good about themselves. And in whatever area of weakness it is, listen, the devil is going to whisper lies in your ear. If it's money, he's going to whisper, go ahead and buy that. You deserve that. I've, I've known some people that with money, here's what happens. Whenever they're broke and they get really depressed about money, they get out of a depression by going and buying themselves something. Mm -hmm. Right? People who have a low self-esteem, he's going to whisper in your ear, you're a nothing, you're a nobody. Don't try for that job. Don't do that. Don't try to start a ministry. Don't try to talk to your neighbor. Don't try to succeed at business because you are a failure. Look at your past. Look at how much you've messed up. Look at the failures you've had in your past. It's never going to work out. And all of the lies come around as the devil begins to uh, trick you and gets you to believe the lies and he messes you up in your areas of weakness learn your areas of weakness what is your kryptonite ask yourself this question what areas are you continually struggling with ask yourself this question what tests do you keep having to repeat ask yourself this question this could be your area of weakness where you need to be aware that this is where the enemy is going to get me if you can't stop fighting with your spouse be prepared. The, the enemy's coming towards that area. If you can't stop spending money, the devil's coming to that area. If you can't stop being mad at people, listen, then you're going to walk into church and somebody's going to look at you the wrong way and the devil's going to say, they don't like you. You got no business liking that. You need to go tell them where, you know, put them in their place and straighten this out, right? The devil is going to lie to you in your area of weakness. You need to learn how the enemy works in your area of weakness. 
If my area of weakness is money, then how does he trigger things? How does he get it started? What does he use to mess me up? What lies does he tell? What circumstances does he set up? So if you can be aware of how the devil attacks you personally, then when the attack comes, you don't think it's just something that's happening. You go, oh, I recognize that. I'm not ignorant of the devil and his schemes. I see what's going on here, right? Especially if, watch this, especially if what you're seeing contradicts the word of God. When the Bible says that God is going to heal you and all you can see is death and sickness and destruction, that's the lie of the devil. Trust the word of God, right? Come on. When all you can see is that you're going to be living on the street and nothing good is ever going to happen to you financially, the Bible says that God's going to supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. Now, which one are you going to believe? The truth of God's word or the lie of the devil? Learn the circumstances he sets up because, listen, Satan really has no power over you. Let me say that again. Satan has no power over you. You have been given through Christ power over all the power of the enemy. He's trying to get you to sabotage yourself. If he could kill you, he'd kill you in a minute, but he can't do that. What he's trying to do is get you to sabotage yourself. It reminds me of the little deer that is in Africa and is so thirsty and just comes right up to the edge of the water, not realizing that the crocodile is under the water right here. And there's a video of it where the, the little deer is just drinking the water, and all of a sudden the croc makes his move, but doesn't get the deer. The deer jumps straight up in the air and right into the water where the crocodiles are, and the crocodiles have lunch. It wasn't that the crocodile got the deer. It was that the deer jumped straight in to death. You know, when you believe the lie of the devil, it isn't that he gets you. It's that he convinces you to do things to destroy your own life. He convinces you to jump right into the lie and it destroys you. He's trying to get you to act and make choices according to his lies and not according to the truth of God's word. Did you hear that? The devil is trying to get you to act according to his lies Rather than you acting and making choices according to God's word. And if you do this, he'll eventually get you. He'll destroy your marriage. He'll destroy your finances. He'll destroy your health. He'll destroy everything about your life. Now listen, we all go through problems. Not everything you're going through is a direct attack of the enemy. But you need to be aware that the enemy is going to attack you in the weakest areas of your life. And the only way he can do that is if you first believe his lies. He is the father of all lies. Do you remember all the way back to the Garden of Eden, how that there was one tree with a fruit on it they were not supposed to eat of, and they could do anything else that they wanted to do, eat anything else they wanted to eat, and what did the serpent come and do? He came and he began to tell lies and half-truths, and he lied. He told them, you know what? You can eat that. You won't surely die. God knows if you eat that, you're going to be just like him. The lie, the sneaky, crafty work of the enemy. And what did Eve do? She took the apple. She gave it to her husband, and, and they ate. And they found out that God's word was true, and the serpent's lies were lies. Come on. Are you hearing me today? So I want to encourage you to fight back against 
the work of the enemy. And I'm going to be in Ephesians chapter 6 as I wrap this up here. Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You might have an area of weakness, but God does not have an area of weakness. Do you notice it doesn't just say be strong? It says be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Come on, somebody. It is God's strength that resides within me that allows me to stand up against whatever attack I'm facing and be strong. I've had to learn a lot recently that the attacks I go through are God's opportunity to grow me. In fact, if God wants you to go to another level, you first got to go through some garbage to get there. Come on. Amen. Finally, be strong in the Lord. Verse 11, put on the full armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. So number one, be strong. Number two, recognize the schemes of the devil. Paul is assuming that Christians recognize what the devil's doing and are armoring themselves up for it. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against powers, against the forces of darkness in this world and against spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Number three, remember who your enemy is. Your enemy is not your husband. Can I be honest with you? A lot of times we impose our emotions on the things and the people around us. It's like sometimes I can see it in people. You woke up in a bad mood and, and it's like you just start looking around. What is the reason for my bad mood? This chair, this chair really makes me mad. I mean, it's almost that ridiculous. And you wake up in a bad mood and it's your boss's fault. It's your neighbor's fault. It's your husband's fault. It's not. It's, it's really not. It's just that you got in the wrong mindset and now you're fighting the wrong enemy. And can I tell you something? The enemy is not white people or black people. The enemy is not Democrats or Republicans. The, den the, the enemy is not the old people versus the young people. The enemy is uh, Satan and his work, his minions, his demons, and the things that he's doing. You want to you wanna do God's work? Love the people who hate you. Be good to those who despise you. Pray for your enemies here on earth, but destroy the work of the real adversary, the real enemy, and that is Satan himself. Are you with me today? Remind yourself, I'm not really mad at my husband. I'm not really mad at my boss. I'm mad at the devil. I'm mad at the devil for what he's done in this world. And then verse 13. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. And that is, get ready for the fight. Christian, you're in a fight whether you like it or not. The devil is coming after you, and you're supposed to fight. You're supposed to be ready for the battle, to fight to, to defend yourself and your own life, but to fight and defend your children and your grandchildren and your neighbors and, and your people at work and your friends and all the ones that God has put in your world. You see, we're not supposed to just be warriors. You see, warriors aren't just people who can fight. You can take two drunk guys down on 6th Street and uh, have words with each other and they'll fight. And it'll look silly and ridiculous, right? But a warrior's not just someone who will get in a fight. He's someone who knows how to fight. And not only that, he's someone who's looking for a fight. You put a, a guy in a soldier's uniform and you train him, 
You don't send him nowhere. You send him somewhere. There's a theater of operation. He's going there for a purpose to win some sort of battle. Can I tell you today, God's children ought to not only be ready for a fight, we ought to know how to fight, and we ought to be looking for a fight with the devil. Come on, somebody. Get ready. And then he starts to talk about the armor of God in verse 14. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. Girded just means like a belt. Having the belt of truth. In a world that is full of lies. In a world where people are saying, this is my truth. I'm going to declare what I think is to be true. I'm going to say what I believe is right and wrong. If I was born a man, I can be a woman, right? And if I feel like doing this or doing that, you know, it doesn't matter what the Bible says. I get to do what I want. I get to say what I want. These are the things that are anti-truth. It's living in the lie of the devil. But when we have the truth with us, you know, you know what they say about lying? You know, if you lie, you have to remember what you lied so that later on you can lie about all the things that surround your lie. And so you don't get caught in a lie, Right. But if you tell the truth, you see, the truth is like just this firm direction, boom. And, and the lie can't destroy what reality is. The truth has all the evidence going in its direction. When you've got the truth on your side, you can't be taken out because you're walking according to the truth. Then he says, put on the breastplate of righteousness, righteousness, righteousness. This is being in right standing with God. And it doesn't come from you being good. It comes from what Jesus has done for us. Amen. So, you know, the Bible says Satan is the accuser of the brethren. So, child of God, he's going to whisper in your ear, you shouldn't have done that. You're not a Christian. You're probably not even saved. He's going to accuse you, try to get you to believe the lie, but you wear the breastplate of righteousness. It protects you because what you say is, it doesn't matter what I have done. It's what Jesus has done. And he has saved me. He's cleansed me. He's made me right with God. It is he who is able to prevent, present me faultless before the Lord. We have truth. We have the breastplate of righteousness. Our feet, or we wear the shoes of the gospel of peace. That wherever I go, I'm at peace because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. You ever just go through the worst of times and just kind of remind yourself that it doesn't matter if I'm rich or poor, God is God and I am good. If I'm sick or healthy, it doesn't matter because God is God and I am in his blessing. Amen. If I live today or I die today, it's okay because if I live, God's with me. He's helped me through everything. And if I die, I step out of this world and I step into a better one, into the presence of Jesus. Like, how can I lose? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Bless his name. Come on. Wherever I go, the gospel is with me. He says, take up the shield of faith that you can quench all the fiery darts of the wicked ones. Sometimes getting those lies destroyed out of your life is just having that faith. Like, I believe. Well, it's going to fall apart. No, I believe. God is with me. Well, you're not going to make it. No, I believe. And the shield, you can just see it in the spirit realm, dropping every lie that's coming your way as you overcome them one by one, simply because you believe what God has said. 
And he said, and take on the helmet of salvation. I'm a born-again child of God, amen. No, no devil can rip me out of his hand. There is nothing, no, nothing in the past, in the present, no angel, no demon, uh, no thing that I can do or you can do that can separate me from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. I'm my father's child by birth, not because I earned it, because he bore me, hallelujah. I'm born again. And finally, he said, take up the word of God, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I want you to notice that all these weapons are kind of sandwiched, bookmarked between truth and the word of God. And that's important because the only reason I have righteousness through Christ is because I believe the word of God was the truth. The only reason I have the gospel of peace is because I believed that the word of God was the truth. While people were telling me that there is no God, that I could never be saved, that I'd never be anything, the word of God told me something different, and I believed the truth. Are you getting this? I have faith by the word of God. I have salvation by the word of God. I have righteousness by the word of God. When I believe the Bible is the truth and every other lie doesn't matter in my life. Come on. Here's where the rubber meets the road, child of God. You should know the truth. You know, the answer to a lot of our, well, I should say all of our problems in life is sitting on your dresser, and it's called the Holy Bible, and it is God's true and accurate word, and everything that you need to know about your life is in there. It is the truth in a world where we change our minds all the time, where we constantly, I mean, think about it. You don't even believe the same things you did 10 years ago, and the world certainly doesn't. You've got, you got politicians changing their mind. You've got people who have influence and actors and actresses changing their mind. You've got pastors changing their mind. I mean, some of it is we're growing and we're learning, but some of it is we just can't rely on our own selves. And you certainly don't want to rely on society to tell you what's true. I mean... How can you trust this society? They're going to change their opinion next year. And which society do you believe? This one or the one in the Middle East? Is grandma's society right or is your grandson's society? Which one do you believe? Which group of people do you believe? Because they don't even know what they believe themselves. When truth is in the hands of people, what a mess we make. And the devil begins to whisper those lies and people begin to walk in the lie they begin to conduct themselves in the lie. They begin to, to make choices out of the lie. But if you know the truth, the truth sets you free from the lies. Come on. You got to know the truth and believe the truth. You got to believe that when God said it, it's the truth. Let me tell you one of the ways that you learn to believe the word of God is that you continually pound it into your head and you continually speak it with your mouth. Come on. You know, receiving the word of God is kind of like if you drove a nail into a board, but it just keeps popping back out. That's how we are. We get the word. It's driven home one Sunday, and then two weeks later, we don't even remember what the preacher said. So we have to have that word driven back home. And listen, the more it's driven home, the more it stays put. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You need the word of God put into you on a regular basis, constantly. Some of you are going to get up tomorrow, and you're going to read the Bible, and you're going to think to your 
yourself, I didn't get nothing out of that. The devil's going to tell you, you should have just went on and did something else. You didn't get nothing out of that. What you don't know is that, like David said, I have kept and hid your word in my heart. Because someday, someday, it's going to come out. At the time that I need it, the Holy Spirit is going to bring it to your remembrance and help you walk not in the lie, but in the truth. Know the truth, believe the truth, and trust in the truth. Trusting in the truth is when you not only start believing it, but you start living. You start leaning on it. Are you hearing me today? You start leaning on it. It's like if I leaned on this, I'm going to be real careful because you'll remember I busted my face with one of these at the house a while back. Um, But, you know, I'm trusting this. If this didn't hold me up, I'd fall over, go right down on the ground, and that'd be a great video to upload. But... uh, I'm trusting this is going to hold me. And that's what the word, when you really know the word of God and you believe the word of God, and then you start to lean on the word of God. Can I be straight with you today? Some of us lean more on our jobs than we do on God to take care of us. Some of us lean more on our doctors than we do on our God to heal us. Some of us trust the things of this world, our own might, our own power, our own wisdom, more than we trust God. But if you know the truth and you believe the truth and you trust in the truth, then nothing can destroy you. No matter what they say, two plus two is not banana, it's four, right? (laughs) And it's always going to be four because God made it that way. And if you walk according to the truth, come on, are you hearing what I'm saying? If you walk according to the truth and not the lie of the devil. So what is your kryptonite? What is your area of weakness where the devil lies to you? I'm going to close with this story. There was a woman who had been in bad relationships with men all her life, and she finally got a really good man. And she married him, and he worked hard, and he did what he should, but she couldn't help thinking, he must be running around on me. And uh, every time he didn't answer the phone, she knew it's because he was running around on her. And every time he was home five minutes late, it was because she knew He was running around on her. And so she complained and he tried. He tried to help her and to have more trust in him and and, and to see. And and sometimes she'd apologize, but she just couldn't let it go. She believed the lie of the devil when he whispered in her ear, he doesn't love you. He's running around on you. He's doing other things. When all he was really doing was going to work, loving his family, doing what he should be doing. Well, to make a long story short, their marriage eventually ended because he got tired of living in a lie. To living in a lie. To impose upon everyone else the lie that you have believed and making everyone else live according to that lie. That's what the devil wants to do to you. He wants to take your area of weakness and sneak in this little lie. And then he's going to put some little evidence to go with it. And, and then he's going to try to convince you even farther. Then he's going to tell you, you need to do these things and get you to do some things. And before you know it, while you're grazing at the edge of the water, you have a reaction. You make a choice. You do something and you jump in and now he's got you. Now you're doing things that are screwing up your marriage, screwing up your money, screwing up your ministry, messing up your life. What is your kryptonite? That doesn't have to be your story. You could be the woman who says to herself, I don't care what 
things are coming through my mind or what feelings I have, I recognize that might come from my past, but it's the lie of the devil, and that's not my husband out there running. There's no evidence he's running around. All the evidence is is he's at work working for his family because he loves us and he's doing what he's supposed to be doing, and I'm going to declare blessings over his life, and I'm not living in the lie, and when he gets home, I'm going to make sure I don't have an attitude based on a lie that I've been feeling, but I'm going to have the attitude of someone who is living and walking according to the truth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The devil is a liar. He doesn't have to have control of your life. He doesn't have to get to you. You have power over him. The only way he can hurt you is if you start believing the deception, the lies that he whispers to you. And how do you counter the lie with the truth? And where is the truth? It's in the word of God. Amen. It's as simple as that. Your Bible contains the truth to help you overcome the enemy. Father, I thank you today for the people that are here and listening to me today, God. People who are that man and that woman in their world. That they are your representatives called by God, full of the spirit, anointed to share the love and the life of Jesus with people around them, God. We thank you for that privilege, but we are still human, God. We have areas of weakness. And Father, I pray today that you would help us. Sometimes it's hard to judge our own selves, to look hard in the mirror and recognize where my areas of weakness are. But I I ask God that for the benefit of the kingdom in my own life, God, that you help me identify what my kryptonite is. What, What areas am I weak in? What areas do I struggle with? What battles do I keep fighting over and over again, God? I pray that you'd help me recognize those areas so that I could then be ready when the devil comes with his schemes. I don't want to be caught off guard, God. I want to be ready for a fight, prepared for a fight. I want to know how to fight. In fact, I want to be looking for a fight, God. I pray that you would help me, Lord. Help me in my areas of weakness so that in these areas, God, you become the strength. You become my source of strength, God. I pray, Lord, that I would just dive into your word in greater ways than ever before so that your word gets so deep within me, God, that it just naturally comes out of me through every circumstance in my life. I pray that I would not only know the word, but I would believe it and I would trust on it. I would lean on it, God, that it would be the basis for my reality in this world, not Even what I see or what I hear, not the evidence that comes from the world, not the report of the world, but I believe the report of the Lord. I believe the word of God, and I'm going to live my life on that reality, the reality of the word of God. And I thank you for that. Every attack of the enemy that comes against me as a person is overcome by truth. I thank you for it, Lord. I pray you'd give us the wisdom, the clarity, and the strength, God, to use the armor of God in our life so that we can destroy the work of the enemy in our life. I thank you for it. I praise you for it, God. I pray over all of these people that your spirit, your power, your blessings would be on them. In the mighty name of Christ, I pray. Amen and amen. God bless you all.